Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And the dummy releases all of the monsters from the fantasy books to life. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. Because that is a theory. That's a theory. A game theory. A movie theory. <laughs> we've been watching a lot of those people. Yeah, we've been watching a lot of shit YouTube videos in preparation <laughs> for this That's episode. Called, it's called research. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of research because I think we really needed to for this episode. But we can get into that in a sec because we've just watched all the trailers for Five Nights at Freddy's. We've watched every game theory video on Five Nights at Freddy's. We've wasted like two days of our lives watching those. Nothing makes you feel quite as old as watching these kind of YouTube videos. Yeah, we'll videos, get Karen. into that. And we're here today, of course, to predict what's going to happen in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Because we're right in the middle of our Halloween season, where we're going to be covering a whole bunch of movies that are either scary or we're scared to watch. And I don't know which camp this movie falls into. It's going to be a scary movie. It's going to frighten us. I guess In a so. good way. We're being I positive. Guess, I guess that's what they're going for. It's a Blumhouse movie. And then all over the trailers. Oh, like, I'm literally sick of that. splattered all over I'm the trailers. It's like, from the creators of Megan. And I'm like, all right, I was the one person in the universe who really didn't like <laughs> Megan. So that's not a selling point for me. <laughs> they just slap that Blumhouse label on anything they want to work, you know? Yeah. Well, they're the biggest horror production company at the moment. Mm-hmm. It was previously like Platinum Dunes or something mm. back in the 2000s, if you remember that. Yeah. Remember how much crap came out of Platinum Dunes? <laughs> it's just like, if they ever made like a horror movie back in the 70s, we're going to do a remake of it. <laughs> Speaking of, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test in cinemas right now is Saw X. Mm. Right in time for the Halloween season. We get to see Jigsaw sucking the eyeballs out of some guy. Yes. Some random janitor. The janitor, right? Like, <laughs> Turns out it was a janitor. We were wrong there. Well, I mean, how, how would we have known that? But I don't know. I, based on what I'm hearing, I think we'd, we've done pretty well with that one. But I guess time will tell. Well, the movie's not out yet. Well, at the time of this recording, the movie's not out. But mm. at, at the time of release, the movie is out, so we'll know. So nobody has actually seen the movie at this stage. But from what we hear about the footage that they've shown at, like, fan fests, yep. we did all right. Yes. But I suppose we'll really find out after this episode. So, let's get into talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. So, of course, Five Nights at Freddy's, if you're not familiar, is a video game series. There's actually nine installments in the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. I had no idea there were so many games. Yeah. Apparently, the creator, Scott Cawthon, sold off the rights to Five Nights at Freddy's like a handful of years ago. And so, this just this other studio has just been pumping out like Five Nights at Freddy's games that are completely like separate to the the established lore that exists. <laughs> so, just to, to really break it down as well, that's a big video game company that's pumping out these games. But originally, this game was just created by Scott Cawthon in his bedroom by himself. I love this story. Like, the original Five Nights at Freddy's, that is. The story of just this guy who creates this game that is such a huge... Whether you love it or you hate it, it's such a huge, like, pinnacle for, like, video games. It is, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, from the research that I did on him, he was making- He was releasing games where people made fun of- Yeah, he was making kids' games. Yes. He was making games aimed at kids. Yeah, Christian games aimed at kids. And a lot of the, the criticism that he got for the games was like, the characters look like creepy animatronic uh, mascots. Yeah, and so he just goes, all right, then that's what I'm going to do and makes a masterpiece. Yeah, well, a game that's considered a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll talk about our own personal experiences as well. But before we do, we should explain the premise as briefly as possible. We've got to explain the premise of that first game and what the deal is and how it ties into this movie, I suppose. So yes. how can you explain the game in the simplest All way right, possible? Gonna, I think I could do it in a sentence. Y- you could do it in a sentence. Yeah. Um, I would just explain it as you're a night guard yep. who's l- looking after an abandoned pizzeria like a Chuck E. Cheese style yeah. restaurant. The animatronics come to life and the mechanics of the game is you've got certain monitors that you've got to switch between to make sure the animatronics don't move because I think if you look at them they stop moving but if that's you right. don't look at them then they move so that's right. they have a chance to kill you and and there's you've got a limited amount of battery power. on your um on your is it in the the doors? Yeah it's the doors it's everything right? Yeah so you have like a limited amount of battery power and then if you shut the doors to protect yourself from the animatronics it uses up battery power and then you've got to also like conserve your battery power because if you run out that gives the animatronics a chance to run in and jump scare you basically so it's very simple it's a very simple game but yeah very simple premise too yeah it really struck a chord and i think that really inspired scott Cawthon. and he wrote this like really elaborate law that he just sort of peppered into the games he didn't explicitly like 
say what was going on in the in the law. He was just making suggestions, and that really sort of got people buzzing about it and talking about it and coming up with theories. Again, theory yep, yep. about like dozens what, of Reddit threads. What exactly is going on in the story of this game? But then it wasn't until I guess years later that they really sort of like broke down what was going on in the law of these games. But yeah, Maddie D, what is your history with the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise before we go any further with this conversation? Well, this is going to be very short because I have a limited history with this game, with these games. Uh, I remember when they were first released. I remember the buzz about them. I remember they being very popular. I remember it- We did a podcast back yes. in the day. It was almost 10 years ago. Mm. It was about nine or eight years ago. We did a podcast when that first game came out and yeah. we were talking about like how big the hype was. Yes. We actually played the game on the podcast. Did we? Yeah. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, that's part of my history. Though, yeah, there you go. Other than that, I've never really played the games. They kind of, they kind of passed me by in a way like I just- I wasn't the audience for that at that particular time. Mm. And I thought I thought it was a cool gimmick and a cool idea, but I didn't expect it to have the sort of longevity that it does have and got on them. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of my history. Oh, the only other piece of history is I kind of like some of the music from the games. It's kind of weird. Oh, it's, yeah. It's part of my You're running track. of opera. <laughs> you listen to the, like, the, the music from Carmen that plays when you're just about to get killed. That's it. That's it. As I'm doing my stretches, I'm like, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Wait, so I didn't realize that there was like a Five Nights at Freddy's soundtrack out there that you, you're really well, into when you do an exercise. There's, there's, there's ones that I've found. I think it's a, a song called Beyond the Surface that I, I dig. Got okay. a good vibe. But yeah, that's that's my very limited history with these games. I'm an old man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so uh, so my history is even more limited than yours. Mm. So I bought the game to play on the podcast that we did 10 years yes. ago that probably... No, it's still out there. It's still out there in the ether. If you, were, if you really want up. to find it, you can dig it up. It's like a... Yeah, it's fr- it would have been from 2014. Good luck. I'm not even going to tell you the title of the podcast, but yeah, good luck finding it. It's out there. And I, I literally... Bought it to play on the podcast. I think I didn't even play it myself. It was a friend of ours who played it on the podcast. I think he lasted maybe 15 minutes in the <laughs> game before being killed. And then I tried it after we did the podcast and I'm like, no, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. I'm like, it's a cool concept, but just really not for me. Like, it's not the style of game that I'm interested in. And I don't even really play horror games in general. Yeah. Also, we were a bit too old to find it scary. Yeah, that's and right. I think you got to find it scary for it to kind of work. Because it's all just based on jump scares. Like, the yes. worst thing that can happen to you in the game is, like, a slightly cute animatronic is going to pop up and scream at you. <laughs> like, that's literally 90% of the plot of the There's game. There's something kind of endearing about it, too, to be honest. Like, so, they're kind of so goofy. <laughs> I could understand being, like, maybe 10 years old and playing the game and being absolutely terrified. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, really getting into the lore of the game and then, you know, growing up over the years, becoming 11, 12, 13, and then just really... Finding like a really rich, endearing world because we were all there. We all had something that we were really into. Yeah. When we were teenagers, that we were like, oh, we got to absorb all of the information and get into like making fan games and fan fiction and all that stuff. But yeah, we were just already too old for the whole Five Nights at Freddy boat when it came out. So I guess this movie is really aimed at kids who grew up playing Five Nights at Freddy who are adults now mm. and are, I guess, nostalgic for the property. Yeah. But in saying this, and I think you feel the same way, we have total respect for this franchise and we understand yeah. why it's popular and all love to people who grew up with it and really enjoy it. And we can understand why you would. It just wasn't in our lives at that time. Yes. So, we don't have any personal attachment to yeah. this franchise. Which but might you- help us predict it. Yeah, absolutely. It will ground us more. <laughs> we, we won't get bogged As- down in game theories. Yes, exactly. It's exactly like Uncharted. When we did the Uncharted episode, <laughs> neither of us had played an yeah. Uncharted game. I've now played a couple and they're pretty good. They're good games, say. yeah. Uh, but we weren't tied down to the law and we ended up doing a really good prediction because we weren't bogged down with the previous Uncharted law. And I think a similar thing is going to happen for this movie. I think- I hope I, so. Well, I, I thought this game was really simple. And then when I did my research on the law, I was <laughs> I was blown away. I was exactly the same. I thought it was a really simple premise. Yeah. Because I'd only played the first game. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's literally a one-line premise. And animatronics come to life and scare the you know guy or try to kill him. And yeah. then when I actually found out the law, which by the way, I actually made a note of it here so we could actually discuss okay. it. I don't understand the law at all. I looked into it. I'm like, I don't understand this. You can explain. You can give me every 20 minute, you know, law explain. I just don't 20 get it. minutes is generous for some of the videos I watched on this. Yeah, jeez. 
Uh, I think to just summarize it, there's a rich history building up to how the pizzeria was made and yeah. the animatronics are possessed by souls of dead people, mostly Presumably children. So, yeah. I think that's just the basic gist of it. And who those people are and what their connections are with other characters, that's- From what I understand, this lore wasn't introduced into the games until the third Five Nights at Freddy's game. So, the first two games are much more simple in premise, but then they gave a lot of backstory to those games in the third game and then in the subsequent games after that. There's nine of them, let's not forget. Yeah. Yeah. No. All with their own rich lore. Looking at this was like trying to sit a history test. I was just like, wait, 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 what happened in 83? What happened in 87? Yeah. Who's this guy? What? This guy's this person's son? Oh my God, my head hurts. It's weird that, like, something like this has a more complicated law than Twin Peaks. Like, I could follow the Twin Peaks law pretty easily, but then yeah. I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. This is really strange. <laughs> when Twin Peaks looks, like, sensible and grounded, <laughs> you've got something weird going on. But I think that's the appeal, right? Like, people enjoy the theories and the mystery behind it and yeah. sort of putting their own spin on it as well. So, you said that not being bogged down in the law may help us with our predictions, but there is one factor in the production of this movie that I think may go against your theory there. What's that? Well, let's talk about the movie itself. So, production on this movie started in 2015 and it was picked up by Blumhouse in 2017 when Warner Brothers, who were originally producing the film, put the film in turnaround, as in like it went into development hell. Turnaround bright But from the beginning, all the way back in 2015, Scott Cawthon was directly involved in the project. So, he's always been... The, essentially running the whole movie. So, yeah. he's the one writing the script. Okay. He's the one producing the movie. He's the one calling all the shots. So, it is very much going to be his movie. Which is good if you're a fan of these games. Or it could not be because it might be messy. Yeah, that's the thing. It's either going to go either way. I think it has every chance to be really messy because I think he's going to try and put as much law. He's going to put like 10, 15 years worth of law into like an hour and a half movie. He can't. Yeah. And and it will be like an hour. It should be like an hour and a half. Yeah. So, how is he going to do that? I don't know. Christopher Columbus was originally directing this movie, by the way. It's not in my notes, but I remember reading it. That would be really- That would make sense. I could see that. But they swapped him out with some director who I've never even heard of. Who's done like uh, a handful of projects that are just not big mainstream movies. (laughs) Obviously, I think Christopher Columbus probably clashed a little bit with Scott Cawthon. Probably. I could imagine that. Because Because there's this guy who just makes video games in his bedroom, (laughs) talking to the guy who made the the first two Harry Potter movies. (laughs) And he's probably sitting there, like, making notes and going, like, yeah. uh-huh, and who's Golden Freddy? <laughs> and, yeah, who's uh, who's uh, Springtrap? Yeah, okay. That is and how does the puppet tie in? <laughs> Can you please explain this all again for me? Yeah. <laughs> and then, I like, you cut to Scott. No, no, no. <laughs> you cut to Scott Cawthon. That's like, not what you do. With a giant, like, whiteboard with, like, <laughs> lines and names pointing everywhere. And he's just like, and then William Afton did this. And then. <laughs> no, no, no. He's also Mike as well. They're related. But yeah. they're, they're reincarnated. We don't know what Scott Cawthon sounds like. <laughs> this is a, a rude exaggeration. It is. It is. I, I just I just love it. This guy made this stuff in his bedroom as like just a side hobby. And now he's dictating what they do in a movie. It's yeah. amazing. Well, no, I think that is good. It's the American dream right there. Fans would be mad if he wasn't directly involved in some way because they would just bastardize it. They would just take what he did and then try and do like the Hollywood spin on it and yes. bastardize it. So, the fact that he's directly hands on with the project is probably a positive, a positive thing. Yeah. Because it's going to be very much his product. Yeah. And that's the reason I think that we're not going to have a good time predicting the law because it is going to be the established law from the video games. Now, another interesting thing as well that I made a note of was that the animal animatronics were made by the Jim Henson Creature I know. Show. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. I thought they were CGI watching the trailer. <laughs> I'm like, huh. It's good that that company- Doesn't look very convincing. Turns out they're real puppets. Yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm always happy to see them in a movie, this, the company, yeah. you know, getting, getting jobs like that. It's really cool. So, the same company that brought us the masterpiece, Muppet Treasure Island, is bringing us this. And Dark Crystal, come on. <laughs> yes, I was being facetious there. But yeah, so- That what- is a masterpiece. Muppet Treasure Island is a masterpiece. You've got to realise that that is considered like one of the worst Muppet movies, but Not it's, our favorite. Not <laughs> it's our favourite. to us. It's our favourite. We also love Small Soldiers, so <laughs> came out yep. the same time. It was the same year. <laughs> That's our Five Nights at Freddy's, guys, Muppet Treasure Island. It was Island. within the same two years, Small Soldiers and Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> there we go. And we thought that they were the most awesome movies ever. <laughs> also, Jurassic Park 2 that came out the same uh, time. Uh, That's a terrible movie. I love it because I loved saw it when I was a kid in the cinema. Yeah. 
And that's what this show is about. There yep. we go. There we this go. is going to be someone's Jurassic Park 2, Matty D. <laughs> someone's going to look back on this movie Hopefully one day. not. <laughs> yeah. It's probably going to be better than Jurassic yes. Park 2 is what you're saying there. So, here's the big question for you, Matty D. Mm-hmm. What do we know about this movie so far? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So, uh, the plot of this movie so far. The, I'm sure you're going to go into it, but they've released a large synopsis on this movie, which has been very helpful. Yes. Uh, other than that, I have found about- <laughs> I read the synopsis. This after I wrote my plot and I was just like <laughs> fuck and oh. I literally had to rewrite my plot a third time I did the same thing by the way I was driving and I was like thinking about the movie and I was like yeah yeah oh I was traveling as well I know what's gonna happen yes da, 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 da. do I even need to watch the trailers nah that's what I did but then I sat down and watched the trailer because I was just going from the game I was going from the first yes. game that you and I had both played yes. so I was just like oh this is gonna be a real simple plot prediction exactly sat down wrote it all out and I was like great and then I watched the trailers and I was just like, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, there's a lot of elements that I've missed here. Me too. And then I, I rewrote the entire plot a second time. And then I read, the, I was doing my notes for this show. Yes. And then I put the synopsis into my notes and I read the synopsis. I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I've really fucked up here. And I had to rewrite the plot a third time. So mm. this is my third pass that you're going to hear today. I had the exact same journey. And also like looking at the characters and being like, wait, wait, who? What? Yes. Huh? That, huh? It's not his daughter? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did the so, exact same thing. I had to rewrite uh, an entire aspect of his, my plot. He's finding out sister. that it's not his daughter. We'll talk about it in All a right. second. And, anyway, back to what we know about this yes. movie. Uh, there are about three or four trailers. I think there's like one teaser for yeah, this movie. Two main trailers. They yeah. all follow the same kind of beats. It's It introduces Mike, who's going to take the job as the night guard for uh, Freddy's Pizzeria. Uh, during that time, shenanigans ensue. He's with the got custody of his younger sister Addie, who's not his daughter. Who's not his daughter? Who's ten yes. years old. Who I guess uh, there was. We'll talk about it when yeah, we talk about the yeah. synopsis. So yeah. he's desperate for the job. Uh, Shaggy is going to give him a job <laughs> at he Freddy's. Goes. Yeah, we wasn't ju- me. We just see a lot of a lot of different scenes where there's jump scares, where there's nights, and there's also like footage of like a training package. Mm, introducing like, like a VHS training video. Yeah, there, there's a lot of like there's a million of those out there. 80s nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty much all we know about this movie so far. My favorite old school VHS training video is the old country buffet carving video. Oh, no, if you I haven't seen that, see that, please watch that. It's excellent. Do you like hot fudge Sundays? Yeah. All right. I remember seeing them when I worked at McDonald's. Oh, yeah? I've never worked in a fast food restaurant, so I've never watched like an actual training video for work. It's real. We had one that was done by Hamish and Andy. Can you believe that? (laughs) Imagine that paycheck that they got. Yeah, we'll do a McDonald's training video. Yeah, they paid them with McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) So, should I get into what the plot synopsis is? Yes. So, I took this from the official website, so we know it's solid and ignore what they've written on Wikipedia because it's all shit. Yeah. (laughs) If you followed what they said on Wikipedia, you'd be 100% wrong. I was kind of banking on the fact that Matty D would not go to the official website and look at the synopsis, but he's learnt. I learn. I grow. He grows. He learns. Like we all do. So, the synopsis goes as follows. The film follows Mike, a troubled young man caring for his 10-year-old sister, Abby, and haunted by the unsolved disappearance of his younger brother more than a decade before. That was one of my what moments. I was yeah. like, huh? I was like, that wasn't in the trailers. <laughs> that wasn't on Wikipedia. And so, I literally had to go back and work that in. Recently fired and desperate for work so he can keep custody of Abby, Mike agrees to take a position as a night security guard at an abandoned themed restaurant, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. That's interesting because in the games, it's just Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Right. So, I guess they've changed it to Pizzeria because that's, I guess that's a technical term for a place that sells pizza. But Mike soon discovers that nothing at Freddy's is what it seems. With the aid of Vanessa, a local police officer, Mike's nights at Freddy's will lead him into unexplainable encounters with the supernatural and drag him into the black heart of an unspeakable nightmare. So, that synopsis alone is already way more complicated than this movie should be. And thinking about that this movie will be about an hour and a half, unless they make a fucking three-hour epic yeah. or something like that. It like, could be two hours, man. How are we going to fit all this in? That's how I struggled with my plan. I was just like, well, it's literally called Five Nights at Freddy's, so he's got to be there for five nights, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going against the premise. And he can't take the daughter there on the first night because then the plot of the movie would happen before the five nights are out. You know, yep. this, this is all conflicts I had in my head. And then I was like, but if, if he already is aware that the animatronics are alive and evil, he wouldn't take his daughter there and put her in the direct line of uh, danger. No. So you had to like, how am I going to pad out the five days in my plot? Yeah. I managed to do it. Good job. I can't wait to see what you did. But yeah, uh, it's this should be a really simple premise. This is my frustration. I understand mm-hmm. that this game has a, a really rich lore that a lot of people like. 
but it should be a simple premise. It should be. If this movie is a success and it has a simple premise, you can stretch this lore out over multiple movies and not have everything like squished into one movie the same way that they did with the video games. But I'm not sure how this is going to work being this complicated from the get-go. Is it really just for the fans who really want all of this rich lore? Or is it just going to be alienating for people who have never even seen like a Five Nights at Freddy's game, never even played one? Like both of us, basically. We've yeah. played the first one. But well, you know. they, yeah, they've got it. They're definitely playing to the fans, which is great. It's what you should do. And based on the fan reactions I've seen, they're really ticking a lot of boxes. Yeah, what are you so. seeing? Uh, just a lot of people losing their minds over stuff they're seeing in the trailer. Like just, I, I think just seeing characters that they know from the video games on the big screen is exciting mm. a lot of people. And Presented well, too, I must say. Yeah, absolutely. And people people are very happy and satisfied with the direction that this movie's going, the style that this movie seems to have. So, it's hit, it's hitting a mark with the fans. I just had a thought as well. I think the reason that this isn't more simple and, and is very much diving into the Five Nights at Freddy's lore is because we've already had Willy's Wonderland with Nick Cage, yes. which we've talked about on a previous episode, yeah. which was very much, you know, the simple premise. It, it literally stole the premise from the video games. And I suppose they can't do anything they did in that movie again, even though that movie was copying this franchise. They just don't want to have that same generic concept again. They're never going to have Nick Cage as a silent killer in the movie. But, you know, I can understand why they want to go in a different direction. But anyway, let's talk about who's in this movie and then we can finally get into our plots since we're going over 20 minutes just talking about... our, our very limited knowledge of the lore of the plot of these video games. So, playing the character of Mike Schmidt is Josh Hutchison, who everybody probably knows from The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. or more likely Zathura, if you're from our generation. Yes. And he played Danny in The Disaster Artist. Yes, he did. That's right. That was a nice little cameo there. Now, something I always notice with Blumhouse movies is they always get, like, one name. Like, they get, like, one big name actor, and then everybody else is, like, maybe they did a, a, a spot on NCIS once. Mm-hmm. Just TV actors who've never done a big movie before. Yeah. Because the budget of these movies is, like, never massive. I think this movie has a $30 million budget, and let's let's be frank, 90% of that budget is going to the animatronics. Yeah, which it should. Which it should. So, I'm thinking about Megan. If you think about all the actors in Megan, I think only the lead actress, I can't remember her name <laughs> off the top of my head, was actually somebody we were familiar with. Yes. She yeah. was the girlfriend from Get Out. Yeah. You, you look like you don't remember her. No, no, no. I, I remember her. Um, she's related to somebody as well. She's a- Her mother or father is an actor as yeah, well. Yeah, I can't but Yeah, yeah. I know who I you're talking remember. about. Let's move on. So, playing the character of Vanessa Monroe is Elizabeth Lale, who I'm not familiar with at all. <laughs> Playing the character of Abby Schmidt, the daughter, sorry, the sister, <laughs> is Piper Rubio, who again is a child actor. She hasn't really done anything. Not familiar with her at all. But yes, someone who I am familiar with and someone who I have a lot of contention over with this character, I have a lot of contention over. Oh. Because everywhere else he's listed as William Afton. On the official website, he's listed as Steve Raglan. Yes. Why is he listed as two different characters? Are they spoiling something here? Maybe. Maybe he is secretly somebody else. That's what that I'm thinking. That seems to follow the pattern of the video games. That's right. We haven't even said who the actor is. Is Matthew Lillard. Mm. Of course, everybody knows best from the Scream movies. Mm-hmm. He was the villain in the- Well, he was one of the two villains in the first Scream movie. Spoilers. He was also in Hackers with Angelina Jolie when she made her start- but probably most famous for being Shaggy in Scooby Doo. Yeah, he's, he was he's also having, in Twin Peaks. He's having a little like return, almost yeah. in a way. Yeah. Well, like I said, he popped up in Twin Peaks, and I think everyone was just like, "Oh yeah, Matthew Lillard, that guy." Yeah. Let's put him in more stuff. <laughs> so he's had a bit of a resurgence since then, and he just seems like an all-around nice guy as well. So it's good to see him like getting the work. Yeah. Well, he's just Shaggy. Everyone just sees him as Shaggy. Yes. So they're probably like, "Oh, sorry, man, I didn't have any vegan food for you." And he's like, "I don't. I'm not actually a vegan." <laughs> Do you want to go smoke weed in my van? No. Yes, yes I do. <laughs> okay. So, playing the characters of Max and Aunt Jane are Kat Connor Sterling and Mary Stuart Masterson. <laughs> I didn't work Aunt Jane in my plot at all. I realized. did, and it was hard. Like, when I saw those two characters, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> How am I going to put them yeah. in here? Well, I worked Max in pretty easily. Yeah. But, yeah, Aunt Jane, I was just like, don't have time. Don't- I've already rewritten this three times. I don't have time to rework Aunt Jane back into the plot. Let's get into our plots right now. Let's find out what mess we have. And let's see if we're similar at all, because I can see us totally having completely we different could. plots. We could be similar, yeah. And I guess we're going to really see what each other's understanding of the lore is as well. So I'm excited. And I think it's Matty D's turn to go first. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Well, I'll just go straight into it and I'll try to be as quick as possible because... 
Yeah, why not? You know, we can't be here all day. Exactly, exactly. You know, the law and whatnot. I think we'll just uh, we're going to embarrass ourselves extent- enough anyway. We're going to have like five nights at Freddy's fans waiting for us outside the studio with eggs <laughs> just and like tomatoes, <laughs> getting ready to throw them at us because they're like, "You are so wrong." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if if we get anything wrong, it's because we think that the movie's going to get it wrong. Yeah, which I guess doesn't make sense because the like the writer is actually dictating what happens in the movie, so yeah. <laughs> we're fucked either way. All right, okay. So firstly, I had struggles with. What was going to happen at the start of this movie? I saw the young version of Mike was cast as his yeah. mother was cast. We as know well. there's a childhood flashback in the movie, so there's got to be a childhood flashback at some point. So I was like, maybe it's this, and then I thought maybe it's you know something else. But I decided to open up with the scene that we see in the trailer, where we see that there's a random person that breaks into Freddy's pizzeria. A random person, you say? Mm-hmm. His name is Carl. Okay. That's what it's credited So, it's just as. one person breaking in, is it? No, it's a group of people. Okay. We see in the trailer that the car pulls up and there's people that come out with, like, crowbars, crowbars and yeah. stuff. So, the, the main guy's car. They break in. They, they smash it up and they steal some coins. Why this hasn't happened previously, I don't know. Why they chose- I know. Why they chose this abandoned pizza place to do this- I know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so you know, fantastic. Yes. It, it, this is in my third rewrite. Okay. <laughs> Maybe mine needed a 4-3, right? Yeah. Uh, so, at this stage, there's going to be a night guard on duty. He's not going to be somebody like, that we know typically well and not for a very long time. We don't know way. any of these people. <laughs> so, this is the first time we're seeing them. So, they rob. Uh, Carl is smashing stuff, stealing coins. And all of a sudden, he gets jumped by the animatronics. There's going to be a lot of jump scares that happen early on mm. here. And the security guard will try to, like, come to the defense or see what's going on. Come to he- the defense of the animatronics. He's like, stop hurting Chica. <laughs> She's <laughs> the hot one. <laughs> He's in love with Chica. That's why he took the job. <laughs> That's a to- thing, by the way, He's- folks. Yeah, I know. There's a fetish for Chica, the little bird one. Who are we to judge anybody and what anybody's sexual preferences are? I was just a little surprised. (laughs) My sexual preference is Chica. (laughs) I think Bonnie's actually hot. Anyway, no, fuck Foxy's where it's at. (laughs) Foxy the The, pirate. The the pirate fox. Oh, my lord. Who comes running down the hallway. (laughs) Yeah, he's a go-getter. He has, like, ambition. You know, that's really attractive qualities in a fox. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, so the original guard dies at this point. Oh, he dies. He gets killed by Carl, or is it by the animatronics? By the animatronics. Okay, yep. wow. So he comes to their defense and then they're like, fuck you and then kill him. No, he, he sort of sees what's going on and then the animatronics right. kill him. So the position's vacant. Exactly. There you go. The position is vacant. Now, this is where we're going to meet our main character, Mike. Uh, Mike gets a visit. He's at home at the moment from his bitchy aunt who reminds <laughs> there him- There we go. There we go. We inserted her. Who reminds him that he was fired from his night job at the diner. At a diner. Don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. Stop. She's just like, you're such a loser, Mike. Remember when you got fired from that diner job? Was yeah. he like a short order chef? Uh, no, he was a guard. Like, he was a he night was guard. A security guard at a diner? That's what I read. Was so- he protecting burgers? <laughs> he's about to protect animatronics, so... Oh, I guess he's protecting a pizzeria. So <laughs> Maybe it's like those kebab stores that have, like, a security <laughs> guard up front. Because, <laughs> you know, they get all the drugs that yeah. come through. I-, I find that particularly funny because I've been going to a lot of kebab shops recently. You're so a I know kebab exa- connoisseur. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, she also tells him that he can't... Okay. She, she also reiterates more of his own personal history to him. Yeah, this is just all exposition. This is all exposition that I tried to fit in at the opening of You've this never movie. never been able to please a woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, she tells him that you can't use the the death of your brother and grieving for the death of your younger brother 10 years ago as an excuse not to have your shit together. And we're like- Yeah, you got to- what a Pull it together and look after your sister. Otherwise, hey. I'll take her away from exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. Through this exposition, we learn that Mike has custody over Abby and that he's her primary carer, but it's in jeopardy since Mike is unemployed. Mm. Oh, no. Mike will kick the aunt out and tell her to fuck say, off. in the face. <laughs> yeah, kick her in the face. Roundhouse kick. Uh, and we will see... And we'll see Mike and his 10-year-old sister, Abby, connecting, and there'll be some adorable moments between the two. Mike will come across as cold towards Abby, but generally feels protective over her, especially since his uh, younger brother disappeared 10 years ago. And I think that's going to be the arc that they're going to play with. It's going to be like he's feeling guilty. Okay. And so it's sort of like he doesn't want the same thing to happen to Abby, or he doesn't want to lose Abby. That's his, okay, whole, okay. that's his whole thing. Uh, so, we might have a few scenes of Mike visiting the counsellors and etc. Sort of building that well, like threat. Like grief counsellors? No, just like um, 
Uh, I don't know if counsel is the right word, but people who talk to him about the custody of Abby. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Just to reiterate, like, the fact that people are telling him that he has risk of losing her. Okay. It's yeah. a serious business, Mike. Serious business. So, Mike will get a call from Stephen, who's his employment officer. Careers counsellor. Yeah. Yeah. And- employment officer. <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> Uh, I, I remember seeing in the trailer, originally I was like, he's going to tell him about the job opportunity, but I remember in the trailer, it was the other way around. He calls Stephen about it. So, I'm going to change that. I'm going to say that Mike calls Stephen and says, hey, is that job opportunity that okay. you told me about still available? Because originally Mike didn't want to be a night guard at Freddy's Pizza. Mm-hmm. thought it was beneath him or whatever. Just didn't want to do the job. Yep. yep. Uh, didn't feel he needed to, but now he, he's kind of desperate now. Yeah, he's so, desperate. he's like, I'll, I'll take anything. Now, Steve is going to come what, across- So, he was just unemployed the whole time? Well, he's just recently been fired and he's been trying to find work. And then what? The first job that they offered him was this night manager at Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. And yes. he was just like, absolutely not. Yes. And then was just looking for other work and was just like, I'll tell you what, I'll take the first offer that yes. I had. Okay. Yes. yes, exactly. Seems a bit irresponsible or whatever. <laughs> Uh, it's the only way I could fit that scene in the trailer into this mm. movie. So, Steve is going to appear as like an arrogant dick that doesn't care about Mike. Uh, Mike's going to visit Steve in his office where he tells Mike about the night. Where he overacts job. the shit out he, of the scene. Where he's going to overact the shit out of the scene. Why absolutely. are you acting unnecessarily creepy, Steve? <laughs> are you secretly another character? Yeah, he's scrappy too. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, so he lays out that the job is being a night guard at Freddy's Pizza. He explains that it was an 80s-themed restaurant and that's no longer- It was an 80s-themed restaurant? As in, like, everyone's wearing, like, uh, loud shirts? It's a themed restaurant of the 80s. Okay. It's Chuck E. Cheese. That's what it is. It's an 80s-themed restaurant. Yes. Not themed restaurant. Yes. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. It's no longer in use. The mysterious owner- is still attached to it and wants somebody to look after it. So, he's putting this money into this night guard to be there yeah. uh, to sort of look over it. So, essentially, it's sort of pitched to Mike that this is going to be a really easy job yep. uh, and you just have to sit there. Easy money, right? Mike's like, yeah, I guess so. What happened to the last guard? Um, he kind of left. He quit. He quit. Yeah, he quit. It was so easy. He was bored. He wanted like a more exciting job. Quit. But don't worry about that. This job's going to be really, really good for you. And I think what it's going to be perceived as is it's going to be like Steve feels like he's doing Mike a huge favor. And it'll also be insinuated that Mike is too much. Well, Steve feels Mike is too much of a failure to do anything else. And sort of at this stage, Mike kind of feels like that too. So he's like, fine. I'll do the job. It'll be easy. Whatever. Despite it being short notice, Mike will take the job out of desperation. I originally thought that Stephen would be the secret bad guy of this movie, oh, which go. sounds like Kieran feels Why would the you same put way. anything as silly as that in the plot? <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever do that. But I'm going to, and it's going to hurt me, I can already tell, but I'm going to say no. He's only there to give credibility to the movie. No, I'm not saying Freddy. That's smart because that's all they're telling us. Yes. And so there's every chance that that is the case. But <laughs> if we're silly, <laughs> we could read too much into this. I mean, the games always follow. Well, I won't say always follow and I won't pretend like I'm an expert, but I've seen the games do this plot twist a lot where it turns out that there's a guy that set everything up to let the things play out. So that was my original thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to just take it at face value and just say they've put Matthew Lillard here just to be the guy, the face of a horror genre that they can slap on there and yeah. be like, you know, give it the, give it its oomph. And he's going to be there for this cameo and he's not going to appear in the movie after this. Okay, fair enough. That's what I'm going to say. Okay, that's All good. right. So, Mike is unable to get Max, Abby's babysitter, to sit because it's such short notice. So, Mike has to take the, Abby. Is Ab- yeah, sorry, is Max like this really well-established character at this point in the plot? Not yet, no. Okay. No, but oh, she's going to come back. She's going to come back. Okay, yeah. cool. So, he's going to call Max and say- hey, Oh, I know, you- I know where you're going with this. Hey, can you look after- I know where you're going with this. I hope so. <laughs> well, I, I know exactly, because in my first draft, I did the same thing. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, he's going to call up Max and say, hey, can you look after her? Uh, can you look after Abby? I've got to do this night shift night shift work. And she's going to be like, oh, no, sorry, too short a notice. He's like, damn it. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to have to take Abby to the job then. On the first day. On the first day, which okay, is what so you're going does. against what my thought was. Yes. Okay, cool. I am. Actually, I know where you're going with this point too, because it was in my first draft as well. <laughs> Maybe my wait. plot's just your first draft. I think it is. This is our setup. We've set up everything that the trailer's telling us, and we've like set the opening movie up, and I can like dust my hands with this and get into what the movie is actually about. Right. And also, I just want to say as well, throughout the course of the movie, we're going to have childhood flashbacks where we're going to see Mike. We're going to see Mike's mother as like a very friendly figure in his life. We're going to see his brother. 
um, and and what happens to his brother is is insinuated that he gets killed by Freddy's pizza, but because Mike he ate a bad slice of pizza. Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, so, how come uh, good old Mike isn't familiar with Freddy Fazbear's pizza? That's, if that's my next. That's my next point. It's, he's going to put the pieces together. The pizza pieces. <laughs> but uh, he's going to pe- put the pieces together later, and he's going to figure out that you know, as a child, his younger brother went off one day and never came back, and where he actually went was to okay the pizza place, and and, uh, and maybe and they died. still have the security tapes from like 1987 or whenever it was. Whenever his brother went missing, it was ten years ago, so it couldn't. Have been the eighties? No, it's not the eighties. So it would have been abandoned by this stage. Yeah. Because the wait, hold on. It closed in eighty-seven. Shit. <laughs> that means my plot doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's okay. Oh well. <laughs> it's okay. Wait till you see what I'm going. Okay. Because you, it'll make you feel ten times better. Ah, uh, okay. I've, I've made it. I've I've changed my mind. <laughs> it's a period piece. <laughs> it's a period. This is this well, taking it, place in the nineties. It could. It could easily be. Yep. That's that's. I've, I've saved everything. There's nothing in the trailer that indicates it's in modern day. I don't think. Yeah. No, no one uses a cell phone that I see yeah. or anything like that. So it's a period piece. That's what I'm saying. It's a period That's piece. What I'm saying. Gotcha. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So Michael instruct Abby to wait in the car. <laughs> what? Very un. un uh, With the windows wound up. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the night, probably not. Maybe you shouldn't have custody over Abby. Actually, <laughs> maybe he's a terrible figure. Anyway, well, just for the time being, he's going to go in and he's going to suss the place out. So Michael go in. In, the, in your plot, he'd never been there before. Yeah, yeah, he's never he's never been to Freddy's Pizza before. This okay. is his first night yeah. in there. Oh, it's abandoned. It's been abandoned for years. Why would he know anything about it? So he goes in yeah. and he watches an instructional tape left for him, welcoming him to the Freddy family. <laughs> mm-hmm. You always know if a job's bad if they tell you you're part of the family. Get yeah. the hell out. We've red all- flag. Red flag. Red flag. We've all been there. Um. It'll be an 80s training video, but it'll introduce the concept of the restaurant and each of the characters. And those characters are Freddie Fazbear, Freddie Fassbender, <laughs> uh, Chica, Bonnie, and also the pirate Foxy, who will appear later on. Mike will hear something suspicious, go and investigate, and we'll get a jump scare where we realize it's actually Abby who went exploring. So she went against Mike's, right. Mike's instructions. And, you know, obviously Mike scolds Abby for this. Suddenly, there's a knock at the door. Mike answers. Well, firstly, Mike tells Abby, wait in the guards room. I'm going to investigate what this door knocking situation mm-hmm. is all about. When Mike answers the door, he meets Vanessa Moore, who's a local police officer. I thought it was Monroe. Oh, Van- Vanessa Monroe. Was that, was that her last name? Yeah. There was a typo in my notes. <laughs> what else is new? Uh, she's a local police officer. Vanessa tells Mike she heard that he. Well, she heard that they got a new guard, so she came to say hello and investigate who this person was, because there's been some suspicious activity with previous guards. Well, there was a break in, so Ex- she needs to tell him watch out for burglars. Yes, yes. She also asks Mike if he has met them. When he asks who she's talking about, she leads him. Uh, clearly, the characters you were just watching in the <laughs> instructional video. Well, she takes them to the characters who are in on stage in their band positions. Okay. Maybe. So, Abby is along with them at this point. Abby's in the guard room at this point. Okay. So, she's just there watching through the window. <laughs> Mike's having this long conversation with his police officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's sort of like- Maybe she's fast asleep. Yeah, yeah. She's just playing on her tablet or something since this is not a period. Yes. Yours is in modern day. All right, so Vanessa will go through some exposition about missing children being the reason that Freddy's was closed. We see this in the trailer. Um, she will also reference the bite of, not 87, but 83. Okay. Where a child was um, put in an animatronic's mouth, and because he was scared of the animatronic, his tears- <laughs> caused, This is from the law, folks. Caused the animatronic's- This isn't Matty D talking shit. <laughs> ...jaw to bite down, crushing his head- they won't go into any more of who this child is or what this connection is with the law. We'll just like insert that there. Okay. Because I thought that was a cool little detail from the law. So just wanted I like to- that you admitted a very large part of that law as well. <laughs> What's that? Who, who the child is. Yes. Yes. I won't spoil it for any uh, <laughs> listeners who may not be familiar or care. <laughs> yes. So she'll mention rumors about missing children being spirits that the inhabit- child is Macaulay Culkin. The child is Macaulay Culkin. Could you imagine him in this movie? He needs to be back in movies, people. He should be Mike. Yeah. That would be actually really cool. Get rid of Josh Hutchison. Nobody needs him. Put in Macaulay Culkin instead because he has a band called Pizza Underground. Yeah. We love you, Josh. But like, and any and these Home Alone connections would also be like a cool little add-on yeah. as well. That's yeah. a way better casting. Yeah, exactly. I should be the casting director. Yeah, you should. <laughs> Put Macaulay Culkin in. All right. So, um, she'll also tell, that, uh, tell Mike, that is, that there's rumors that the children who went missing, their spirits inhabit the animatronics. 
And at okay. night, the animatronics. How does she know that? Move. It's just like an urban tale. Like it's well, just everyone knows. The people talk about it. That's what that's what the big rumor is about Fred. You know, you know, like there's a. Have you it's, ever been to a place? In the trailer, yeah. yeah so. Have you ever been to a place and they have these rumors where like, oh, we worked in a place that was supposedly haunted, and I would, yes, that's right, and I would hear like from ghost children. Yeah. Yes, and I would hear from security guards who would tell me straight face that they would see things. That really indicated that it was haunted. They would see children, like ghostly children or voices and things like that. Wow, there you go. So they, I'd never yeah. heard that personally. <laughs> I'd heard the, the rumors about the ghost children, though. Yes. Can you believe that? We worked in a place where several children were killed. <laughs> yes. We didn't kill them, people. But, no. <laughs> but yeah, it had that history. And we were just like, we'd just go to work and be like, hey, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. I'm not going to go on the- <laughs> I won't say too much. We, we can't talk about it too yeah. much. But yeah, we did. We did. We were, we were night guards, essentially. Yes. At a, at a haunted uh, establishment. That's right. So we were Mike. That's right. <laughs> we didn't have to pay custody over a child or anything. No, but, thank goodness. Um, not at that stage of our lives. No. <laughs> Fast forward to now. Anyway, back to Got a baby point. sister you got to look after? Well, not a sister, but anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, so she may also reference the founder's history, um, say that he was a dad grieving for his dead child. If they're smart, they won't go too much into the detail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shit starts to happen. Abby becomes aware that the animatronics are moving. Uh, yeah, that's what they do. They're first, animatronics. Yeah. Well, at first, Mike doesn't believe her. You mean moving her. independently? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. At first, Mike doesn't believe her. I think it's going to be situations where, like, the animatronics are there, and then sort of Abby um, will turn around. Actually, they're automatons. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's an in-joke for us people. Yeah. There's there's uh, about five people who will enjoy yes. that joke. Yes. <laughs> or and one or, person. No, sorry. Two people. Yeah, two people. And, one, and pers- one person who will not. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I'm leaving this in, by the way. <laughs> good. Keep going. Good. Let's start fights. Um, so, uh, anyway, back to Freddie. Um, so, yeah. So, I think how it's going to work is like Abby's going to turn around and then when she turns back around to face where the animatronics are, like Freddie or Bonnie will be in a different position. Okay. And she'll be like, huh? Because that's like what happens in the video game too. So, that'll be a nice little tie-in. Yeah. And she'll tell Mike and Vanessa, who's going to be here as well, and they're just going to be like, Mike's going to be like, no, it's just it's just your imagination or it's just a menu, it's just a malfunction or whatever. Like, it's, it's logical. It's nothing to worry about. But as time moves on, they start getting spooked out. Uh, and Mike realizes that there's more to this than meets the eye. Oh, the Transformers. Da 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 da. Yeah, that'd be that. Yeah, he invites the Transformers to fight. <laughs> yeah, animatronics. Stop doing better movie plots. <laughs> that'd be great. That'd be great. So Transformers. Uh, at, at a point, Abby's going to be so spooked out and kind of frustrated that no one believes believes her. And just I'd- go to bed, Abby. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. It's three o'clock in the morning. Well, I think how it's going to play out is like in one of these scenes where she faces the animatronics, she freaks out, and because she's a a ten year old, she has a cell phone or maybe she takes uh, Mike's cell phone yep. and she calls Max and is okay. just like you Max, gotta- <laughs> Max is like fuck me what time is it <laughs> you gotta help me you gotta help me and that Max is gonna be played as like a really nice person so she actually thinks Abby's in trouble she's six whiskeys deep at a bar <laughs> <laughs> so she comes in and this is the only way I could fit Max in uh, so okay. she comes into the pizzeria and, and manages to come in and um and tries to rescue Abby and it'll be the four of them as in Vanessa, Mike, Abby and Max together against okay. these animatronics. Now, this is where I'm going off my notes a little bit because I, okay. I was invited to a gig where I was invited to drink with a band. So I was like, oh, wow, wow. and I ran off uh, and I didn't put into, I didn't think that you like- Your plot doesn't have an ending is what you're saying. It sort of does, but I- So Matty D went to a concert and didn't finish writing his notes <laughs> is what we're hearing. I did finish it. But what I realized driving to the studio today was- the title is Five Nights at Freddy's. Correct. I was sitting there going like, this is all happening in one night. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was like- It's not one night in Bangkok. I was like, oh no, I've only done one night. <laughs> I already forgot- discussed this. I forgot that there'd be five nights. So, I guess I've got a choice, right? I could either just shoehorn that this happens over five nights, but I don't know how they're going to do that. Or I'm going to make something really risky here and say that- Manny D, it took me such a long time to work out how to <laughs> make it work in my plot. I think if it's going to happen, it like there's going to be like- Maybe there's just four nights where nothing happens. Yeah. And this all happens on the fifth night. 
But then you wouldn't have Abby in there. So either either they're going to have it. So like one night there's mysterious stuff happening, but it doesn't really take into effect anything serious. The second night, you know, stuff's going stuff's going wrong. He realizes it, but he's so desperate for money that he needs to see it puts out. His child in danger, or or he realizes there's an, a link to his younger brother, and he needs to see it out to find out what happened there. That would be my guess, but okay. what I'm going to say in my official prediction is, is it's that just one night. It's just one night, okay. and they're going to set themselves up for the sequel, which will be night two. Okay, very nice. Five movies, so they're banking okay. on this being a success. So there's going to be just them. I hope when around. the movie ends, it just like the clock rolls over to six a.m. and then like streamers go off, and then you hear kids go, "Yay!" <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of jump scares. They're going to run around. Um, the the animatronics will. Play with the like, play with electricity, and they'll actually be locked. Play in the with electricity. Room. Yeah, they got forks that are sticking them into outlets. Just, yeah, absolutely. They're just like jamming them in, but they're going to be locked inside the pizza area. Essentially, is what's going to happen. Okay, the doors are going to be shut because they're like automatic doors. Because um, it's a it's modern day. Yes, it is modern. Day. Even though this is an eighties theme restaurant that's been closed since eighty seven. Well, the wealthy benefactor just wanted to up the security because ah. there's been so many break-ins. Oh, <laughs> the security shutters that just come down and they won't open. Yep. Okay, it I'm with it you. It didn't now. help them before when there was a break-in, but it helps now. No, no, no. He installed them after the break. Yes, he's just like, this will never happen again. Even Security though my guard died. died. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like, you need to do something about this pizza place. Close it down. No, I'm going to install shutters. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're building to a point. I'm going to say I had this idea that maybe, because I heard that the characters could enter into the animatronics. They work as like a body yeah, suit that's as right. well. That was very confusing. It was confusing Not how animatronics me. work. Uh, in, no. Uh, I heard that the founders originally wore them as a as an outfit originally. Yeah, it was a kink that they had. <laughs> like like the shining, hey. Um There actually is. There there is you just gave me a memory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not of the shine. Not of that scene. There's a documentary about people who are obsessed with the Rock of Fire Explosion, which is the name of the animatronic band from Chuck E. Cheese. Right. And they, like, collect the figurines. And there's this guy who's so obsessed with this band that he puts on the costumes that the animatronics wear and, like, plays a guitar along with the band. Okay. That's a real documentary. I think it's called the Rock of Fire Explosion, if people want to look it up. Again, not here to judge anybody. That's, but uh... maybe there's aspects of that documentary and that whole weird obsession that are in this movie. Maybe. But I want to hear how you worked it in. So, yeah. in the lore, apparently, you can get inside the suits and uh, I don't know. So, my original- Yeah, I couldn't- And I wish somebody somebody out there is yelling at me, but like, I was like, oh, you can get in the suit. So, Mike will get in the suit at one point. So, the yeah, animatronics fairy. Don't, don't think he's a threat or whatever. That was a plot point in one of the games. Yes. So, that's what I originally thought. But in doing further research, it seems like the animatronics only have enough room in them to fit a child. And I saw Abby was with Freddy, holding hands. So I was like, it's not her. Golden so Freddy. are you sure it's Golden Freddy? Because I thought that too, but I didn't know. I'll leave it to you. I'm just going to say it's Freddy. And what I'm going to say is that they like reprogram Freddy and befriend him. And he has an attachment to Abby and becomes her protector. Okay. Uh, and becomes essentially a good guy. And then they go off and they sort of defeat each of the other uh, animatronics, Foxy, Chica, the lovely right. Chica, Bonnie, um, by locking them up or setting them on fire. And- <laughs> Drink. <laughs> yeah. When I put that in my notes, I'm like, they all get set on fire. Have you noticed that's something we do constantly? <laughs> if there's like a robot or a monster in a movie, they're always killed by being set on fire. Never the case in the actual movies. Yeah, but this happened in the games, though. Yeah, I know. In one of the games, they set fire to the pizzeria. It doesn't and mean it doesn't change the fact that we do it in every single one of our fucking plot predictions. <laughs> yes. We said at the end of Megan that she'd die by being set on fire. Both of us. <laughs> Not the case in the movie. It's such a trope. Venom, let there be carnage. We said that both of us <laughs> said that carnage would be killed by being set on fire. It's just what we do constantly. <laughs> yeah. And I knew that you would say that. <laughs> and so they're set on fire. <laughs> The end. Uh, they walk right. off into the sunset. Uh, everything's okay. With, with Freddy, apparently. L- Lillard. Oh, well, I think he's going to like die in the flames. Oh, as well. okay. The, the pizzeria won't be caught on fire because we've got to have day two. But like the the robots, as far as we know, are all we're fucked. Are There's all no fucked. point. No, but then we're going to have like a scene at the end where one of the eyes opens up and we're like, oh, this is Terminator, like Terminator, exactly. Mm. So that's my plot. It was very difficult to fit everything in. Um, mm. But let's hear like what a child you have in to an say. animatronic. <laughs> Let's hear what you have. Well, I have something almost completely different to you. Love that. There's like Love one or that. two elements that are the same, but very much a different movie on my side. So I think the movie is actually going to start with the cheesy VHS training video. I think that's the first thing we're going to see. Quite like how the trailer, the I think the first trailer that they released 
mm-hmm. not the teaser trailer, but the first official trailer they yeah. release opens the same way. I'm like, this would be a great way to open up the movie. So, be. we're introduced to the pizza parlor in its prime. So, we see the training video for Freddy Fazbear's Pizza as though we're watching it as the audience. And we see a lot of kids laughing and having fun. And we're also introduced to the four animatronic mascots, Freddy, Bonnie, Chica, and Foxy. And the VHS tape will glitch out whenever we see the animatronics, creating a creepy vibe. And that will lead into our titles, Willy's Wonderland. (laughs) We're now introduced to Mike, who was not introduced at this point in my first and second draft. We're now introduced to Mike, who is a down-on-his-luck, troubled young man, as they described in the plot synopsis. You see, Mike's younger brother disappeared without a trace 10 years ago, driving his family apart. And Mike has never really recovered from this. So, I believe that the disappearance of his brother drove his mother to suicide, leading him to live with his aunt, who I'm shoehorning in now, him and his younger sister, Abby. Live with the aunt. Live with the aunt. And they didn't like, well, like maybe Mike didn't get along with his aunt and then went off when he became an adult, went off on his own and took his sister under his wing to sort of get her out of this uh, terrible household. That's how I'm <laughs> inserting the aunt here. So, Fair. he's out on his own for the first time. And he was recently fired when a jerk at his job pushed him too far and Mike beat the crap out of him. He was like working in like a big corporate building, I imagine. And like this guy, like this this Wall Street guy is like just being a dick to him. Mm-hmm. Like throws coffee at him there's, or whatever. There's a guy getting mugged outside and he wants to help him and the <laughs> boss is like, no. And so Mike punches him and he <laughs> knocks him into a fountain and he's just beating the shit out of him in the fountain. Nice work uh, inserting that scene from yep. the trailer because I had trouble with that. You didn't do it. Yep, I did not do it. They looked like prison uniforms to me. I was like, what's going on? (laughs) It was a security guard uniform. Uh So, Mike talks to a career counsellor called Steve, who offers him an easy job as a security guard. Mike refuses the job and takes a gig as a janitor instead, at a diner maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Mike ends up hating the job and quits the same day he starts. Back at home, we meet Mike's younger sister, Abby, and Mike wants the best for Abby, but he's struggling to make ends meet because he's not holding down a job. He hasn't had a paycheck for months, let's say. He's even being evicted from his own house. So, Mike calls Steve out of desperation and accepts the security guard position. There you go. That's how I worked that in. Easy. At Steve's office, Steve tells Mike all about the position at the abandoned Freddy Fazbear's Pizza and reiterates that the job is quite simple. I like that we both said that because that's <laughs> something they drummed into us in the trailers. And it sounds like an easy job. I would take that I would job. do it as well. I'd, do it, I'd quit my job now and then do it. I'd be bored. I'd be bored senseless. Unless, you know, evil animatronics are trying to kill me. Yeah, That'd that be would, pretty that interesting. So, Mike starts his first night at Freddy's and gets a phone call from the previous security guard. The old guard tells Mike to just keep his eyes on the camera feeds and make sure that no one is creeping around. Much like the video game, yeah? Yep. So, the guard also suggests that Mike can lock himself inside the office if anything strange happens, just with the door, not with a weird, like, automatic sliding <laughs> futuristic locking mechanism. <laughs> but he doesn't elaborate further. Here we're also introduced to Max, who is a babysitter that Mike arranges to look after Abby while he works nights. Max is friendly and perky, but not without her darker side, oh, okay. as we'll learn later. Interesting. So, yeah, he literally hires this babysitter to look after Max at home when he's working at the pizzeria. Hang on, what are you doing? <laughs> You'll see. So, a few hours into the shift, Mike starts watching the employee training video that we saw earlier, but he's interrupted by police officer Vanessa Monroe, who is introduced via a lame jump scare. So, he's watching the video... And then just as soon as we're about to see the animatronics in the video, like there's a buzzer. Yeah. And he's like, we all jump up. Yeah, we all lose half our popcorn. That's right. So Mike and Vanessa share a mild flirtation throughout the movie, but their relationship won't really progress throughout. Vanessa mentions the animatronics and is shocked to learn that Mike has no idea that they even exist. Vanessa shows Mike the four animatronics and explains who each of them are. She also mentions the infamous bite of 83 and 87. (laughs) There you go. The latter causing the place to be shut down. Vanessa witnessed one of these incidents as a child and has always suspected that there is more to the pizzeria than just great toppings. <laughs> the next few scenes take place over the next three nights, where a few spooky incidents serve to keep Mike on his toes and keep the audience interested, fingers yeah. crossed. So, it's kind of like a paranormal activity kind of formula. Yeah, that's right. like day- night one or day one. And yeah, that's right. A few things happen and it just builds up over time. And we'll get the title for each day as well, yeah. like day one, day I, two. I definitely see that. Uh, and they're going to have the roll over to 6am that they do in the video games as well. They have to do that. They're not going to have the yay, because that would just be totally off be for the movie. if they did. So, Mike has a dream. So, he's on the job. He's sleeping on the job. He's got his headphones on, listening to uh, period appropriate music. He's listening to LaBouche. <laughs> There you go, because it is 90s, even though it's 90, let's say it's 97, LaBouche would already be outdated at that point. You just want LaBouche in a movie. Yes. So, Mike has a dream about a group of creepy children and wakes up to find that the power has switched itself on. 
This causes the animatronics to burst into song and dance. They sing it like a romantic song in the trailer. That was great. And Mike scrambles to shut the power back off. So Max the babysitter finds out from either Mike or Abby that Freddy's is full of valuables. So all of the you know valuables that were there in the 80s are still there and intact. Oh. And she hatches a scheme with three of her friends to rob the place. Knowing that Mike doesn't arrive until night, they plan to rob Freddy's in the late afternoon. The crooks break in and start breaking open the arcade machines and steal the coins. At the same time, they smash up the place. So you didn't notice that Max was one of the crooks. No, I didn't. There you go. That was a big element that I noticed straight away. Before I even knew she was the babysitter, I saw that she was one of the crooks. Right, but she's definitely there later on in the night, so... You're just presuming that. No, I saw scenes where she was in there, right? You're presuming that it's late at night. Okay. How do you know it's just not dark because the lights are off? Fair. Because it looks like all the other crooks are there at night time. Yeah. They're not. They're probably arriving at like five and then, you know, maybe Mike gets there at like, I don't know what time the nights start in the video game. 6pm, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they get there at 4 and then like the sun goes down It at does look like it's in the afternoon. Yeah, it's definitely the afternoon when they arrive. And there's no way that they're there the whole night. So, one of the crooks, Carl. There you go. I've yeah, got Carl in there too. Here's a sound coming from a refrigerator, but there's nothing inside. He turns around to be confronted by Chica, who is holding an animatronic cupcake in her hand. The cupcake reveals that it has teeth and latches onto Carl's face, killing him. Meanwhile, Max spots a child running around in the dark. Max goes after the child and finds Freddy standing in a maintenance room. Thinking that the child is hiding inside the Freddy suit, Max peeks inside the mouth, only to be startled by a child's hand bursting out of it. And Max is off screen to death. So she dies. She dies. She didn't die in your plot? I guess she was one of the main characters in your plot. I don't think anyone's dying in this movie. Really? Okay. Not what I'm seeing in the trailer. I quite clearly see several characters being killed in the trailer. Except for the night guard at the start, I guess. The other two crooks come across their dead bodies and start freaking out. And they too are taken out by animatronics. So we even have Hank, who's the guy with the beard. He hides in a closet. And he's taken out by Bonnie, who is hiding in the closet as well. And is this night three? This is the third night. This is the third night. No, actually, no, this is the fifth night. Okay. So, this we're is on the fifth night. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Max has been babysitting Abby. No, no, sorry. This is the fourth night. My okay. bad. My bad. This so, is the fourth night. Yeah. Max has been babysitting Abby, and then Abby just mentions this this location, and then she uses this as an opportunity on the fourth night to rob Correct. Yeah, correct. So that night, Mike shows up for work and he's shocked to find that the pizzeria has been trashed and he calls in Vanessa, who of course is a cop. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, what, what could have happened? Like, we don't even know what happened here. <laughs> Breaking and enter gone wrong. So the following night, Vanessa beat... So this is the fourth night. So that was the third night. All right. Like, <laughs> okay, so now we're on night everyone four. on the same page. So this is the fourth night. The following night, which is night four, Vanessa visits the pizzeria off duty and she and Mike share a meal together. Maybe she brings some like Chinese takeout. They sit down and have a meal together because, you know, they keep running into each other over and over again. They're buddies now. (laughs) Oh, they've got a mild flirtation too. So they're, you know, potential kisses going on. So Vanessa explains that at least five children have disappeared while playing at Freddy's and she suspects that they've been murdered by a serial killer. The bodies of these missing children have never been found, mind you. And are these missing appearances, did these happen in the past or recently? In the past, yeah. Like the 80s? Yeah, it happened 10 years ago in the 80s because this is a period piece. (laughs) So that night while Vanessa is leaving the pizzeria, she's attacked by Freddy and ends up in a coma. So Freddy comes out and strangles her. It looks like she's killed, but she's just knocked out. And she's in the hospital. Mike visits Vanessa in the hospital and has no idea what exactly happened to her, but begins to suspect that the animatronics may be involved somehow. Good job, good job. There you go. I had to work that in. I did not know how that scene played in that movie. And that's also how Vanessa gets taken out, because I'm like, well, we need Vanessa out of the way. And I originally had like a whole different (laughs) storyline. This was in draft two of my plot. This is draft three. So, on the fifth night, Mike can't get a babysitter for Abby because Max is no longer around. So, he's forced to bring her along to Freddy's. Look at how the machinations came together. He tells her that she can sleep while he works and to stay in sight. And at this stage, he thinks the pizza place is creepy and there's weird stuff going on and there's rumors and stuff, but he doesn't believe it at this stage? No, no. He hasn't seen anything directly involving the animatronics. The only thing that has really happened that has sort of startled him is that the power came on and the animatronics sort of burst to life. And I guess because of the break-in that happened, maybe he kind of says, oh, well, people are breaking into this place. That sort of indicates that that might have been why all these strange noises happen. Yeah. Yeah, that could very much be it. So, predictably, Abby sneaks off to explore the pizzeria while Mike isn't looking, and Mike is completely oblivious. So, he's sitting there, not really paying attention to the monitors. We get, like, a shot of the monitors, like, walking down the hallway, and he's looking the other way. He's, you know, reading a magazine. (laughs) Who knows? So, Abby comes across the animatronics, who slowly come to life and start chasing her around. Mike sees the commotion on the security monitors and tries to save Abby, but he too is attacked by the mascots. We have a few scenes of cat and mouse, a few drawn out scenes of cat and mouse, because this is a Blumhouse movie after all, where Abby and Mike separately hide from the animatronics. 
Abby hides in a ball pit while Mike makes his way through an air vent. Mike comes across a creepy puppet inside the vent, which chases him around. There you go. I'm just throwing in stuff from the games a now. Puppet. Yeah. Uh, what's that? A creepy puppet. Yeah, I saw that character. I did. I was like, oh, okay, you're putting it now. Yeah, that's right. Mike learns that the bodies of the missing children were hidden inside the animatronics, and the ghosts of the dead children have now possessed the animatronics and want Abby to join them forever. But now they've got even bigger fish to fry. Here we go. This is where it goes off the rails. Here we go. The serial killer has returned to the pizzeria, and it turns out that it's... Matthew Lillard? Steve, the career counsellor, of course. So, Steve is actually William Afton, as he's listed on IMDb and, uh, I think, Wikipedia and nowhere else, so I don't know how accurate this is going to be, who was the owner of Freddy's. William changed his identity to avoid people connecting him to the child murders and has been sending new victims to the pizzeria through the guise of a simple career counsellor. Okay, and why is he doing that? Because he's going to get more victims for the pizzeria. So, he's feeding the animatronics. Well, he's getting victims for himself, basically. He's not feeding the animatronics. So, he's the one ki- He's the one who killed all the children back in the day, and he uh-huh. hid their bodies inside the animatronics, uh-huh. and then the ghosts of the children possessed the animatronics. Oh, so he's a full-on serial killer. Correct. And so, this is all like an elaborate way for him to f- fulfill his like sick desires. It's very elaborate. <laughs> and then, because the place got shut down, it's just like, well, how the hell am I going to continue this? I know. I'll get all these security guards in, and I can take out the security guards. Mm-hmm. And then make it look like, you know, they've either quit or left or maybe it was him pretending to be the old security guard over the phone. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, puts on a voice. So, that guard is dead or he actually made it out? Well, I'm just saying this now. So, for the point of my plot, I'm going to say he's not dead and he's a real person. Yeah. But he just made it out in the maybe, maybe he just quit before he was killed, yeah. is what I'll say. He, he left on the fourth night. Yeah, he left on the fourth night, so he wasn't killed. It's like, I got a better job. Or maybe he's not, like, killing security guards all the time, you know? Maybe he does it once every five years, you know what I mean? So, the animatronics turn their attention away from Abby and target William instead. So, of course, because they're the ones who, who killed the, the ghost, the children ghosts that are inside them, so they want to get revenge on him. And it turns out that the mascots didn't actually want to hurt Abby. They just wanted to keep her safe from William. Yeah, there we go. That's kind of similar, right? In a way. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, very similar. In in a very loose, not at all similar way. So, William attempts to hide from the animatronics inside an old bunny suit, but is crushed by the machinery inside and becomes a new killer mascot known as Springtrap, who we see very prominently in the trailer, who you didn't seem to work into your plot at all. Nope. So, Springtrap goes after Abby, wielding a knife, and Mike swoops in to fight it. The two tussle, and Mike is forced into yet another animatronic and is killed. Oh, Mike's so, dead. So, Mike and the mechanics. <laughs> Terrible joke. Keep it in. So, I'm now shoehorning in a childhood flashback because I just noticed that there are two <laughs> actors cast as uh, young Mike and his mother. So, in the flashback, it'll be revealed that Mike's missing brother was also killed by William. Okay. And, and he works that out at this stage? Yeah, that's right. So, maybe he comes across his dead brother's body- Maybe there's some sort of, like, evidence, you know, maybe he comes across hidden in the pizzeria somewhere. He comes across- This is happening earlier, obviously, before he died. Some of his valuables. Yeah, something that belonged to his brother, like a little toy or something like that. that When I killed your brother, I spoke just like this. So, I've also added in, if the law is to be believed, William had a child called Michael, so Mike is probably his son. So, you're going with that, eh? Yep. I saw that too, and I was like, I don't know, that's- Well, if you're not going to do it, I'm doing it. Okay, you're doing it, so- does William know this about Mike? Probably not. They were probably estranged from him. I think the mother left. Maybe mm-hmm. she saw like a change in the wind and was just like, this guy's this a creep. Guy's a weirdo. I'm going to run away and change our names. And then obviously, I think William sort of went after her for revenge and got the son instead, the son that was killed instead. Right. Okay. So, he, so this he, is all coming killed, together. He killed the son for revenge against what Basically, the yeah. Him. Okay. Out of possessiveness. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and does William know about the animatronics or does that come as a surprise to him? That they're possessed by the ghosts of dead children? No, he doesn't know this. Yeah, cool. Maybe he does, but he's not concerned. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's, he's worried about serial killer well, things. Well, he is, he is actually one now, so yeah. uh, he's, if he wasn't aware before, he's he definitely now, aware yeah. now. So, Springtrap chases Abby around a little bit more until he's confronted by Golden Freddy, who is Mike, come back to life. So, he was put inside the Golden Freddy animatronic, and that's where he died, and he's come back as Golden Freddy. So, Golden Freddy manages to destroy the Springtrap animatronic, as we seem to be saying in a lot of our plots recently, by setting it on fire. (laughs) There we go. Drinks all round. So, Golden Freddy takes Abby's hand and the two leave Freddy's behind and head home. And we have one final moment where they get into the back of a taxi together, startling the cab driver. Which has a cameo from a pretty prominent YouTuber, right? That's right. So, the cab driver is some YouTuber I've never even heard of. It's not Markiplier, so I don't know who it is. (laughs) And uh, I really struggled finding where this could happen in my prediction, so I'm glad you put it in there. Yep. 
So, the Golden Freddy that we see in the trailer is just Mike come back to life as mm-hmm. a, an animatronic in my plot. Yeah. I don't know if this is going to be the case in the actual movie. This was not an element in my other two drafts. I only added this in later. So, what, what's happening in the future? Is Mike just going to be the carer for Abby as Golden Freddy? We're just going to have a new security guard, presumably, and new law, different location even. Because I know there's sister locations for the pizzeria. <laughs> that was something yeah. I heard in the law. Yeah. So, it could be a completely different location, different security guard, different town. Different animatronics. Who even knows if this movie is going to be popular? I can guarantee you from the the pre-release buzz that it is. It, it kind of seems like it will be a success. Given that it has a $30 million budget, it doesn't have a high bar to get over. To and be it already successful. has an audience yeah, absolutely. that I think will, pun intended, eat it up. Absolutely. It's going to make a mint at the box office. Yeah. If Megan is, if a movie like Megan can make money at the box office, this movie is going to make a mint. Yeah. They know what they're doing. So, that was my plot. Cool. That was both of our plots. I liked it. Seems like they came together pretty well for something we both struggled really hard with. (laughs) I'm not going to say how many hours of my life I dedicated to writing and rewriting this plot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But are you a big fan of Five Nights at Freddy's? The video game series. Do you have any theories, any game (laughs) theories theories. of what you think is going to happen in this movie? The game theory guy has already has like a plot prediction. Oh, does he? I'd love- I didn't listen to it because I was like, he's probably going to be be right. (laughs) You think he's going to be right? For the first time in his life. (laughs) So, I was going to wait until, like... <laughs> his, his, his prediction is going to be, like, a four-hour epic. Yeah, exactly. So, I was going to wait until... I didn't want him to influence my plot at all. Right. So, that's why I didn't listen. But if you have any theories of what you think is going to happen in this movie, please let us know. We'd love to know. We have no idea. Clearly listening to our plots. <laughs> so, you can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. Or you can just leave us a comment on this page on our Podbean site. If you're a fan of the games, let us know what you want to see in the movie, what characters you want to see in the movie. Yeah. What, what theory that you really want to see on the big screen. We'd love to hear that. How many of the characters' names did we get wrong? Because I, I was re- we were pretty good. I was referring to the big bad guy as Springtrap, but from what I understand, his name is actually Spring Bonnie. But I'm uh-huh. like, that doesn't sound as cool as Springtrap. So I'm just going to call it Springtrap. It's a yes. bit cooler. Uh, so is that like a version of Bonnie, is it? Also, for years, William Atherton, or what was his name? William Afton was just known as Purple Guy. Because in the in the cutscenes, he's- He's just a purple he's guy. He's like a purple pixelated dude, yeah. right? and nobody knows what his name is or what his deal is, but he's just shown to be a serial killer. But for years, for like 10 years, he was just Purple Guy. Purple Guy. But now he has a name. But Steve. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, continuing on the Halloween season, where we're going to- As I always like to say, where we're watching movies that we're, that we're either scary or we're scared to watch- that brings us to what we're going to be discussing next week. And of course, it's another installment of actual spoilers where we're going back and revisiting a movie we covered in the past. It's in fact a movie that I completely forgot that we covered in the first place. Oh. Because next week we're looking at how well we did with predicting the plot of The Addams Family 2. Oh, yes. Remember that movie? Uh, vaguely. They go to the Grand Canyon, right? I think so. <laughs> I guess we have I to I don't remember it. it. <laughs> I, uh, oh, there was like a bird woman at the end. There was a romance... Yeah. Festa was like giving- No, that was the first movie. That was the first movie? I remember like Pugsley was humping his pillow. I guess we'll find out when we watch it. And it was like finding her real parents, Wednesday's real parents. Yeah, that's it. Oh boy. Let's get into that. Let's get into that next week. So please join us next week where we're going to be discussing that. And until then, we'll see you next time. But hey, that's just a theory. A game theory. Thanks for watching.